0: Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So, hey everybody, welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast. On this episode, we're talking about event and movie delays, myths about SEO. Say that really fast and it sounds like you're saying myths about SEO. But it's myths about SEO. And how not to go mad while working from home. So I'm joined by Jonathan and Mitch, our marketing nerd and our creative nerd. Say hello, guys. Hey there.
1: Hello, guys. guys.
0: And I will give everybody a guess which one is the marketing nerd
2: by that (laughs) (laughs) response.
0: One's very dry, the other one's like,
2: (laughs) the other one is being sarcastic.
0: He is. It also sounds like he's like playing with, you, you know, those old toys that you get. His, well, I don't know if you would know this, Jonathan, but it was like a, a wooden toy set and you get to pretend that you're hammering in wooden pegs into a hole and you're just kind of smacking stuff. I kind of, that's kind of what it sounds like that Mitch is doing right now. I don't know what he's beating on, but it sounds like it's, you know, he's building a bench or something on the other end. I don't
1: know what you're hearing. I'm not beating
2: on anything. I'm yeah. just sitting here. <laughs> in the dark. I don't know why you always got to bring up my age. it's like reverse ageism
1: he's really yeah he's he's not an ageist folks i i promise
2: no
0: no can't be i'm in the middle between the two of you in age so you know it's kind of really funny we talked about that uh, well mitch and i we talked about that the other day so yeah so how you guys been doing you want to share with the listeners on uh on a podcast
1: Yeah, I. I mean, I'm do doing well. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are adjusting to working from home uh, or working remotely. Um, I'm kind of used to it. Because that's kind of been my modus operandi for about a year now. Um, I do kind of miss being able to walk through the grocery without making evil without having without without uh, without staring down people who won't maintain their social distance. But that's all. <laughs> Stay over there. <laughs> you may be wearing a mask, but I'm not. Stay over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I got to do some shopping this weekend, I think. I have to look at the pantry and check. So it'll be interesting. My first time out since this thing. Really?
2: Yeah. That's good. That lasted a while. <laughs> How much stuff did you buy last time? It's been like six weeks. I don't know. It feels like it's been about three
0: years. Yeah, it does. It feels like it's been about a month solid, but it's probably been about, I guess it has been about three weeks. Um, I bought a lot of canned goods. I bought a lot of stuff. Like, everybody was going nuts over perishables. I I went over, Mm -hmm. you know, like, obviously toilet paper got hit, but I got that early on, so I covered myself on that one. (laughs) Uh, But I did did one or two Kroger online orders um, just to kind of get small things here and there for... Ingredients for meals, but you know, I mean, after a while, you cut, you look at the the fridge and you're like, chicken, 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 (laughs) and you just, you're like, all right, I need to do something else. And so, uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, yeah, but anyways, it's been on the podcast,
1: Cooking with Jason.
0: Yeah, yeah, everybody's doing that right now. If everybody goes on and looks at YouTube right now, there is a ton (laughs) of shows that are out there that people are doing showing you how to bake donuts I, I saw one guy that could just do apple fritters uh you know which actually looked really good and easy to make um and there's just a ton of that right now online so everybody's getting their quarantine 15 as i was told this morning yeah uh really getting that good going that nice weight gain so everybody's gonna really have to hit the gym
2: after this thing lifts that's uh we just released those those new products over on the cbd brand that we work with the cbd client mm-hmm. and uh yeah we're going down the the food route with uh, organic grains and cornmeal and uh, grits and kind of Southern cooking uh, to tie into that farm lifestyle and uh, cornbread. Food. Yep. So. Shameless plug, but go ahead, continue. <laughs> Should I say the name on here? Yeah, I, don't I, I It's up to you. I don't care. I usually, I usually pull back on mentioning specific clients. <laughs> just for their, I don't know, just for legal reasons. I don't <laughs> It's a habit.
0: It's up to you on who gets a name drop on here as far as clientele goes.
1: Um, The last thing we want is lawyers involved.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, all we can do is say it's an industry. We're in that and we do that and it's e-commerce and it's going well. Um, That sums it
1: up.
0: Yeah, that sums it up. Alright, so uh keeping it light hearted, let's do some entertainment news, you know. Do the little inter- like do the news thing, you know. We'll get like some sound effects at some point, like Doo, do, 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 do do you know, entertainment. It's news. We'll let Mitch play him on his guitar. Yeah. No, yeah.
1: nobody nobody wants that. <clears throat> nobody wants yeah. that. i yeah. I'll I'll see if I can come up with some like uh what they call bumpers for yeah. our segments.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So uh, even the entertainment industry has made some changes to how it's advertising uh, the products we love. Um, I kind of focus in on movies, being a movie fan. Um, So the online streaming for $20 a movie, that went for a while. And then I think that was like, okay, never mind. Let's go back to just delaying everything. And so tons of stuff got delayed. Um, Things that I didn't even know were in production were delayed. So, uh, you guys got any movies or anything that you were looking forward to, to seeing or any events you want to go to that kind of got delayed or canceled or
1: I'm trying to think what the, what the next Marvel movie was going to be, um, black, uh, black, yeah, black widow. widow. Yeah. I was really, I'm really looking forward to that. And that's been bumped to, I think, November.
0: Yeah. I got pushed way out. Uh, that one kind of surprised me. I was like, not even a summer release date, um, for that one. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I think that is because of the rescheduling they had to do for all the shows that were on Disney plus, because you've got Scarlet Witch and uh, vision. And a lot of that uh, lately, Elizabeth Olsen on uh, her Instagram, she's been sharing a lot about her uh, garden. And so she's growing strawberries and she kind of just does this rant on this. And Everybody, all the nerds have kind of, like, started trying to read through her Instagram posts to see if she's, like, giving Easter eggs and dropping about <laughs> production schedule for, for the show.
1: Speaking because, of code. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: the show does have uh, an interesting bent on it because, you know, Scarlet Witch, for those of you listening that don't know, um, you should find this very interesting, I hope, and maybe you want to tune in when it comes out, that, um, you know, she's the mm-hmm. one that basically said and whispered, no more mutants, and the mutants disappeared. And now that Disney has the mutants uh, with X-Men, it could happen. You know, that could be the way that they reset that franchise by her doing something during that show. Also, it ties into Doctor Strange's sequel, which is uh, about the multiverse and madness. And so it's sort of going to be more horror genre bent. And so now you've got um, rumors coming in where Keanu Reeves will be playing, possibly very strongly, uh, will be playing Ghost Rider in the next Doctor Strange movie. Um, And then you have uh, John Krasinski and his wife, who will possibly be coming in uh, the franchise for a Fantastic Four uh, debut, where uh, John Krasinski will be Mr. Fantastic and Emily Blunt will be um, the Invisible Woman.
1: uh, cite your sources. I want to see your sources.
0: Well, a lot of it is in in, in the land of comic book news. You can kind of go check out Nerdist News. You can check out um, you know, some of these, uh, some of these places, there is a, uh, a Twitter account that escapes me at the moment. Um, it was Richard something, and now it's the last name and first name inverted, but it's a Twitter account. The last time they posted this guy, uh, posted, he posted a bunch of, uh, leaks about, uh, Endgame, and a lot of it was right. And then also the Twitter account disappeared. So um, but I mean, he hit every prediction. It happened in the movie.
1: So we're back to lawyers again. Don't don't rile the mouse. They'll stick, stick the lawyers on you.
0: Right. So now he's got another account that's out and he's starting to put out stuff about this because Keanu Reeves has had meetings with that. John Krasinski, if you go back and you watch one of my sources for the Fantastic Four, this is a really easy one to read into because John Krasinski, I love this guy. So he's got a YouTube channel now called Some Good News that he started, and it's going very, obviously very well. And so there was a um, he showed a four-panel comic page that somebody had drawn up, and he said, "And this is the closest that I'll ever get to play a superhero." And he kind of, kind of gave a little bit of a wink at the end of saying that. And you know, people know that he's been talking like he's been constantly in communication with Marvel, trying to find a role. Keanu Reeves has too. It's just that neither one of them have found a place where. You know, a role that fits well, the
1: rumor and around, the rumor around Graczynski for the last several years has been that he was in the running, uh, to be captain America.
0: Yeah, he was actually. And there's an interview that he did on the Graham Norton show where he talked about where he actually got through that process until he saw Chris Hemsworth dressed as Thor and said, Never mind. Um, but he, yeah, that, so that was actually a, a true story that came out of his mouth. Um, but you know, it kind of worked that way with Jake Gyllenhaal in the casting for Spider-Man. You know, there was a lot of conversations that happened and people were like, what character is he going to play? And so um, now there's talk about who's going to play Mephisto, I believe, which is the, uh, the arch arch devil arch demon that, you know, gave Ghost Rider his power. So that, that character will show up as well as Dr. Doom and who will be playing Dr. Doom is still, up for debate on, on on what could happen with that. So all of that has gotten everybody in a frenzy because they're like, okay, so you've got Scarlet Witch's television show because this is all connected. This is how they've developed their brand. You guys see how I did that. I see
1: what you're and,
0: doing. yeah, and so you've got these television shows that are now a part of the universe and you've got the Loki show. You've got uh, Falcon, Captain America, which I don't know if that's still going on or going to happen. Yep. And then, yeah, okay, and then so, they're going to be, they're still doing this world building. So I can kind of see why Black Widow got delayed because maybe some events need to occur within the shows on Disney plus before we see it in the theater. That's my guess. I
1: thought it was just a COVID-19 thing.
0: Well, it is. I mean, the delay is because of that, but they've had to delay. I mean, again, you know, it's just not just one thing. It's a lot of things get affected by this. And the movie, you know, so, you know, if you're trying to weave together a narrative, um, you're going to have to, like, delay a movie because you're trying to do something else on another platform with another set of characters because it's the same actors and characters that have been in the movies that we've seen over the last 10 years. I mean, it is Elizabeth Olsen and Tom Hiddleston, and, you know, it, it's not, you know, uh, another, th- it's not like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show where it was sort of kind of tied in, and then it just kind of wasn't anymore for one weird weird reason or another, but anyway. So, anyways, there's that. Don't know where that was all going, but, you know, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, there's a little bit of entertainment news. Um, Other movies that got updated, any any James Bond fans here on the podcast?
1: Oh, I I have been for a long time. What about you, Jonathan?
2: You guys are on your own. (laughs) 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 As you can tell. That's just not my, that's not my field. (sighs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> jonathan's, jonathan's catching up on his paperwork while we're, while we're talking yeah. film. well hopefully he's getting an education too because
0: uh <clears throat> I'm, learning, know, the, I'm learning all yeah of. yeah the the james bond uh thing so you know daniel craig got offered a role to do two more bond films and he didn't want it so he kind of gave him a ridiculous amount of money and said that's what i want uh, after tax so and it's multi multi millions of dollars and and they called his bluff and they said okay and now he's on the hook to do two two films uh, and these are the last two that he will be doing as the character bond and i don't know what number this is on number four thousand but anyways it's one of the movies that got pushed back and no time to die was supposed to come out and so the average so a lot of advertising occurred a lot of things happened and when COVID hit now they have to do it all over again. And I think on the previous podcast, we talked about how that happened to some of these franchises that, you know, they spent all these advertising dollars and there's a window that you need to do things like this before a launch of something. And if you don't do it, it, it's timing. And if you don't do it the right way, I mean, nobody's going to become aware of it. And then when you launch it, you're kind of wondering why nobody showed up to the party. So they have to start this all over again, but continue to, drip out content and news about it as it goes so i can imagine that the marketing team for james bond for this sequel has been pretty you know stressed and uh, a lot of high anxiety on it over this issue um, it's
1: not often that you have to spend your budget twice
0: yeah uh, for a movie that you're hoping will break even i think um considering you have such a large, i mean we're talking like 60 million dollars or something crazy that daniel craig's getting for one movie so that's 120 million i think, for both so if the numbers are wrong which i'm sure they are uh feel free to let us know and visit us on facebook uh at uh, nerd brand agency or and uh, leave a comment uh, like subscribe there that's all out of the way um and tell other... jason he's wrong <laughs> do what <laughs> tell jason he's wrong yeah tell me i'm wrong and show you and show your work yeah and show your work and you know just do more than just like, you know, click the little love thingy, you know, make me, you know, make me, makes me feel better. You know, the, the, about
1: good, finish about it. myself. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what we're all here for, uh, Jason. We're here to make you feel good about yourself. Oh, uh, you know, it's
0: it's 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 necessary. I, I I do need to pick me up every now and then. I live alone. i <laughs>
1: got <laughs> not gonna find the sad story bumper music.
0: No, you just need the Hulk music. Yeah. You just need the
2: Hulk, dun dun dun. dun. You <laughs> know, no, from, I mean, from the television show. The, the
1: Bill Bixby walking off into the distance music. <laughs> yes, that's all you need.
2: <laughs> well, you've only got a decade or so left until you can move into the retirement facility with most. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> we talked about that last week. It's actually <laughs> sounding lovely. It's a senior
1: living community, Jonathan. <laughs> that's what did I
0: call it? The facility. A facility, yeah, which kind of brings to mind like no, rails and beds and like, you know, Waverly Hills kind of set up.
1: It's not that, it's a retirement
0: resort. with Guys sunlight. in
1: white scrubs carrying a look, <laughs> looking at you menacingly as they walk towards you with a straight jacket.
0: It's time for your medication, Mr. Gregory.
2: <laughs> this is taking
1: a turn. Yeah. That was honestly
2: a little too good, Jason. <laughs>
0: Uh anyways for those listening that love movies, a Quiet Place 2. Uh I can't believe they did a sequel, but uh it kind of looks actually good. I've seen the trailers and yeah, you know, I might check it out on streaming. Uh Peter Rabbit 2. That one shocked me. Uh did we not say all that was needed in the first one? I don't know why we have a second Peter Rabbit movie. <laughs> um and uh you know, hopefully no Peter Rabbit fans here on this podcast. Why, uh, uh, yeah, why, why, why was there a first one anyway? I'm sure they're hopping Uh, around somewhere, yeah. Um, (laughs) Jurassic World Dominion that one shocked me, yeah, gonna be another one, and it is with Chris Pratt. Um, the last one was terrible, um, so box box
1: office said otherwise,
0: yeah,
2: uh, yeah, I know.
0: And how could anything
1: with Chris Pratt in it be bad? uh, I saw
2: it, I saw it at the drive, and it was pretty good, Jason. All right, fine. I'll be, I'll be the, I'll be the villain. I don't care. I didn't think it was worth it. I'm not a movie critic. They're yeah. all good to me. I don't, I don't even know what's going on half the time I watch a movie.
0: And now you stay sound focused. like
2: Kevin Smith. It's
0: all rainbows and sunshine. No matter. I can't if it... stay focused long enough. <laughs> Did you see the second act? There was a second act. That's. <laughs> And then finally, uh, Mitch and I's favorite, uh, the Batman, um, which is another Yeah. Well, you know, look, I've seen we've seen the pictures. Uh, If you're a fan of the franchise, uh, production has been halted. Um, on this, which i don 't know might be a good thing because they typically try to rush through these projects and get them done so they can you know make the money. maybe this uh, pausing will allow them to kind of review what the fans and some of the negative feedback is and kind of make some adjustments uh, because I, I you know i don 't have a problem with robert pattinson it 's just the, the design of the cowl is a little it just doesn 't look right to me it just looks like makes it look his head big looks like he 's got a big brain or a big noggin uh, that 's not what i See with Batman Uh, and and I'm not really digging the utilitarian thing either. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's okay. I think Mitch and I agree that we kind of would like to have the, the raw Batman that you would seen in the animated series that was in the nineties, you know, with uh, Kevin Conroy voicing the Batman. Um, But that that bringing doing a movie like that, I think would be better and for me. But you know, I understand fans want you know what they want. Times
1: change. Well, I mean, we've anyway. we've had this conversation. I've i yet even still, I have yet to seen yet to see the ideal Batman film. I mean, the the Michael Keaton the first Michael Keaton one is still my favorite because I think it's as far as tone and and uh, portrayal of the character the characters the dual characters of Bruce Wayne and Batman is probably done, was done best there, if you want to be true to the comics.
0: Yeah, I think that as a brand, uh, to kind of be keep it within the vibe of the, what we're here for, um, this is a monster brand. And it always seems to do well and make money. I mean, it's had a couple, let's not talk about the Schumacher era, but it's had a couple faults. So those are flat out failures, but they're failures that were so ginormously just fantastic. They kind of hit cult status. Um, But I think overall as a brand, you know, I kind of saw what happened with uh, Ben Affleck. You know, he was going to direct, he was going to write, and then the fans just kept coming at him. And I think that divorce that he was going through with Jennifer Gardner and the alcoholism kind of just kind of made him just withdraw and say, no, can't do it. Um, And then overall, what happened after the release of justice league I think sealed the fate on that. So this Batman movie is actually not in any continuity. It's a standalone as much as the Nolan films were. Uh, so we have another franchise. We have another uh, trilogy here, possibly that's going to come out of this.
1: Oh, I, I like the Nolan films for what they are. Um, I mean, Christian Bale did a, did a great job. Um, I, mean, was, I mean, especially the, I mean, the dark Knight a is a masterpiece and in, in no small measure because of Heath Ledger's performance. But you know there's there's the, there's a film noir we've talked about this Jason there's a film noir aspect to Batman the old kind of classic black and white films of the late mm-hmm. early 40s and early 50s the the kind of gritty detectives um you know Humphrey Bogart kind of feel and in its roots that's sort of where Batman comes from and I'd love to something more orga- I guess what I'm saying is it needs to be more I think it needs to be more organic less less James Bond in a bat suit and more the gritty detective pulp feel.
0: Yeah, they've done that really well in the trades and comics and in the ones that I have that have some date on them. But um, I always found them much more um, fascinating. There's a there's a trade called Gothic and it's a story of it actually is a story before Bruce Wayne's parents were killed when Bruce was in a boarding school and his headmaster was a monk that was 400 years old. And so they moved the story forward and him as when he's Batman, he runs into him and the villain that the monk becomes, he starts taking out mob bosses because at some point when he was a kid during that time frame, they put concrete around his feet and threw him in the river. Well, he's an immortal. So you can imagine they took like 20 years of his life This is in mortal life. And so when he comes back as Mr. Whisper, which I think is great for a name, um, he starts just killing these people and the mob bosses are forced to reach out to Batman for help. Well, this guy gets shot. You can see the bullet holes. I mean, it's a great supernatural comic that has a little bit of that detective feel and there's not a lot of gadgetry. There's not a lot of emphasis on vehicles or anything like that. It's just straight detective trying to figure things out, but with a supernatural bent and I think it would make a much better story than a lot of things that have come out. Um, so that's always been one that if I had to go to the trades to look for material to make a movie, that's what I would make. But, you know, that that brand, I, I I almost feel like it's impossible to break it and ruin it. You know, I mean, if it can get through the Schumacher movies and still come out shiny like it has, it's almost like one of those um, too big to fail type deals i feel like
1: well batman's one of those iconic comic characters like i mean you can put superman in there um although that's had kind of mixed mixed results um it's superman and then like with marvel spider-man and iron man has become that um there's just so much built into the character to work with that i mean you have to try really 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 hard to to break it to your point
0: yeah I mean, and, and we've seen and we continue to watch. I mean, uh, you know, I've been watching, you know, in, in our line of work, I notice we notice ads all the time. We we pay attention to like, you know, whether if it's video, if it's a pre-roll ad on YouTube, if it's a commercial that's on television, it's a, done as a media buy. If it's a radio ad, we've heard, uh, and, you know, if there's there's like before this podcast starts, there's an ad, um, you know, so we pay attention to how they're done and what they are and, and uh, become acutely aware of what for me in my interests um, in this genre on how they're advertising now and how they've changed it. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're a small corner store or if you're a big studio, um, everybody has had to change how they advertise um, and sort of look at alternate channels now in order to uh, reach their audiences so but anyway.
1: Yeah, there's so many channels to get more directly in front of your your key demographic or your your key audience there's so many ways to reach those people now with with digital because of the amount of data that you're able to call and and pour through and, and target um i mean sometimes i think maybe there's a little bit of overemphasis on that but it depends on the kind of advertising you're doing and i won't get into a spiel on that but it, it's just so it's yeah. you have so many tools available to you to to reach your target audience now that, um, that I mean to your point that's why that's why you're seeing it unfold the way you are.
0: Well, and you know on this podcast we're going to try to like talk about each of the channels. Um, so today is going to be SEO. Uh, so one of the ways to kind of tackle that today, moving into myths about SEO. Oh oh oh, see I did a did, I didn't know that was impressive. That yeah. Was yeah. See, I could do sound effects. You practice. Uh, yeah.
1: Sure. I had no just idea once. you were sitting in such a, <laughs> such a large room.
0: I am. I live in I live in a, live in a, uh, a, a bat com- cave. yeah, there you go. I live in a bat cave. Um, you know, so I'm just sitting at a table making batarangs, podcasting, and then there's just bat, crap everywhere on the floor because you know that's what happens in a cave
2: it's national bat day didn't. oh really so yeah Perfect okay timing yeah did not know that good one jonathan or, or <laughs> it's it's bat appreciation day to be specific according to twitter <laughs> according <laughs> to... <laughs> twitter <Yeah. laughs> it, it's probably next week too according to twitter you know whenever they feel like yeah, and, and,
1: you, and you know you know how bats rate with people right now uh hello covid 19 right.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's probably organized to try to prevent uh the species from being seen as bad or whatever people
1: know. people taking out their frustration <laughs> on the poor bat population it's not our fault <laughs> don't eat us yeah
0: cuz you know in the early centuries uh, that that didn't happen with dracula so you know it's fine um <laughs> <laughs> anyways Myths about SEO. WordPress SEO plugins don't work. True or false? What do you guys say? False.
1: False. False.
0: Yeah. Very false. Um, How they're used is going to be very important. Installing a plugin and going through the wizard is not enough to optimize your website. You will need an SEO expert, which is why they exist. Um, Because even if they're not a WordPress savvy SEO expert like in that realm and no WordPress. I mean, it's still got a lot of the features and things in it that need to be looked at and examined uh, piece by piece in order to make that actually work well.
2: Um, So I don't know, Jonathan, you got any kind of examples or stories uh, on that one? Uh, I mean, not really specific stories, but I think to your point, you know, the plugin just kind of pulls out the high level, you know, the functionality that you need to be, Using to influence SEO, I mean, you still have to have the keyword research to back it up. You still have to have, you know, the link structures and sitemaps and all that stuff. So there's, you know, the, the plugins just give you the the opportunity to not be a developer, <laughs> basically. Short-cut, yeah. Shortcuts. Um, right. And I think that's you know that was kind of the intention of plugins generally with WordPress. From what I, from what I know, and you might want to
1: unpack a little bit, Jason, for the audience. Those maybe may not be familiar or haven't listened. This might be their first podcast. Tell them a little bit about WordPress.
0: Uh, Well, WordPress is a content management system, and it has about sixty-five percent more greater market share amongst other content management systems. Uh, For example, Wix, Squarespace. Uh, Last time I looked, occupied maybe one percent in comparison. Building
1: websites, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, a content management system is not necessarily the. It's how you manage the content on the website. Building of the website, that's where you have, like uh, Shopify has themes, WordPress has themes. That's the skin of the site. That's visual, you know. Uh, when you get into plugins, that's your functionality. That adds features. Um, for example, you can have an e-commerce um, pro- uh, installation on WordPress with WooCommerce. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready to accept payments. You still need to either have some sort of gateway set up to accept payments between the site and your bank or the, the gateway to your bank. There's a middleman there. So you know PayPal or Square, Stripe, whatever. You're going to need another, you're going to need a plug in addition to WooCommerce on WordPress in order to kind of make that work unless WooCommerce already has it built in, which some cases they do. Um, so, It's not as easy as it seems to install and click activate. It's just not. And that's the sale pitch. So WordPress powers about 35% of uh, the most popular sites on the Internet. So companies like the Walt Disney Company, for example, are powered by WordPress. Um, So very well-known celebrity sites uh, for pop artists use it as well. Um it's it's something that kind of spans a lot of industries. So it's no longer a blogging platform. It is something that businesses use for their marketing teams to promote and advertise their business. Um that is like whether if it's a blog or if it's creating new landing pages or if it's updating existing pages on the sites, adding images, embedding videos, audio like this podcast, things like that. Um Are how it's done. That's the engine that, that, that allows you to do that easily without having to write code in some cases. um, You know, Wix and Squarespace sites are really nice to kind of get you started. They're cheap, but again, we'll tell you, you get what you pay for. Uh, And they're not going to be that SEO centric. Like you're not, if you're not paying a lot of money, you're not paying an agency retainer to somebody. I mean, you're not, you're probably not going to really see the return on your ad spend or return on your investment very well um, because of that. So we, it's funny over the years. Um, a lot of people that don't know about WordPress, it's gotten a bad rap by some, and we. Yeah. But there's very is not as much in the last five five years that there've been negative responses to it. I think Jonathan, you had one a couple of weeks ago, but that was it. That's the first time yeah. I've heard that
2: in a while. Uh, Yeah, me too. It's just a perception thing. I think some people, you know, and that one in particular was that WordPress was too complicated for what they were trying to do. Um, And I think that's a big misconception that uh, WordPress on the back end can't be easy to manage for a non, you know, a non-tech savvy person or a non-developer. You know, I think the way that you do it, the way that we do it, it, it makes it pretty simple for, you know the average person, the average non-techie person to go on the back end and, and change copy, upload images, change the, you know, some parts of the layout without a whole lot of trouble just as easily in my opinion, as, as the square spaces of the world. Uh Uh, And then I think, you know, I do think it's still, it's gotten away from that reputation of just being a blog platform, but I, I don't think people who aren't deep in that space really see the power of WordPress and see the, the prominence of it. I mean, the New Yorker is powered by WordPress, BBC America, uh, time.com. I'm just looking at a list of tech crunch. I mean, these are huge websites, prominent websites. And, you know, I know it's not WordPress out of the box, but they're they're built on the framework. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, I, I just think there's still definitely some misconceptions among, especially the non-tech crowd. Who, who think it's either too complicated or that it's just, you know, I don't want to start a blog. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, John, I mean,
1: Jason, back to your, back to your point earlier, we've, we've talked about Wix and Squarespace and the advantages and disadvantages. One of the things you educated me on is that there's an, there's a, there are SEO reasons why maybe you might want to rethink mm-hmm. going with a Wix or a Squarespace, uh, issues you may encounter that you don't with WordPress.
0: Well, I mean, in in viewing source code with Wix and Squarespace sites, there's these uh, meta description, there's these tags they put in there. Uh, WordPress uses uh, sometimes a generator. It's called a generator. And uh, plugins in WordPress do it that are commercial quality. WordPress has a generator it puts in. But what that basically does, it tells the search engine, what is this built on? And that gives SEO love to that particular product or thing. And some of their generators are pretty in, in what's called a head stack. And so if it's a Wix or Squarespace site, I can tell by looking at source code. If I can't tell by just opening it up and looking at it visually like anyone else. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that where those tags are placed whether in the footer or the header of the website, you know, everything loads from bottom up. So it's sort of the, uh, who's it really helping from SEO? You know, um, we don't do a lot of credit links in, in the projects that we do because, um, we have relationships established for referral, rather than relying on somebody visiting a site cold and clicking that credit link, and then maybe coming to our site and reaching out to us because that just doesn't yes, have. For everybody who doesn't know, a credit uh, link
1: is like a little, a little, a little button or something at the bottom of the page that this site was designed by.
0: Right,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and you know, a lot of that too it could be bad for SEO because if that's not a site that we're continuing to manage and it falls into disrepair, Google does penalize it and realize that and see it, that can come back on us because there's a link back to us. So it was a backlink strategy for a while for a lot of people that were doing websites. They put the credit link in there, and I know some companies that would just – the link would go to an actual page on that site, not on their site, but on that site, and in that site would contain a paragraph statement of who did the site, who they are, links to different things and different pages on their website – and then that's how they would try to build a backlink structure to them for SEO. Google knows what that is. And it's not, it's a gray area. And gray areas can be dangerous as much as black hat SEO. These, uh, by those terms, I mean shady. These are things that you probably, you know, at some point Google's going to catch on and it's going to release a new algorithm that's going to penalize all the gray areas and declare them black hat. Meaning that you don't want to do that because it's going to actually hurt you and negatively impact your rankings on the search engine. So, SEO does require some foreshadowing. It requires, um, you know, planning in the future as much as how the site's built and what platform it's on. Uh, not every business is going to be stagnant. If you've built a business and you don't plan on it growing or going anywhere, I don't really think that that's a good business strategy that anybody would agree with. I mean, you're demand is if you've got a good product demand's going to go up you're going to scale and you need something that can do that and you need a plan so mm. anyways anyway questions about wordpress and things like that we're more than happy on the podcast here we would love to get questions from people we'll answer anything about questions about wordpress websites marketing uh, even if you have uh, just a, a question that you're going through concerns. It doesn't matter what it is. We'll try to lay out some of the questions. Uh, we've actually got one at the end of the show here, so stay tuned still. Uh, and, uh, you know, we will take those through our website at nerdbrandagency.com. Or, again, you can go to our Facebook page or you can hit us up on Twitter at nerdbrandagency. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, get those, uh, get those answered uh, on the next episode. So uh, the second thing about SEO Web designers should know SEO.
2: True or false? Uh, it's a mixture, in my opinion. I think in in twenty twenty, I think that they should have some basic knowledge and uh, understanding how they're designing a website and structuring a website to be SEO friendly. Um, but I mean, strategically, when it comes to copy and uh, you know some of the the more technical stuff on the back end, that yeah, I don't. I don't see that being there. designer designers are yeah. really
1: good writers.
2: Now mm-hmm.
0: yeah, well, they're designers. I mean, it's kind of in the job. I mean, uh, you know, the, I got this quote from somebody, the, the purpose of a web designer is to take information and lay it out in an easy to read way uh, to lead the user through an easy uh, to navigate website and to get to the information as easily as possible in a clean and inviting way. Um, So basically saying the web designer should have a basic awareness of SEO, but it's really not a requirement because their job is visual. It's not technical. Mm. Uh, And that's where developers come in. That's where SEO experts come in. And that's why you have experts that are specialized in those fields. So laying into a web designer's lap, all the responsibilities that go into anything on the Internet is a really bad strategy. The digital (laughs) digital strategy is coming to the forefront, especially now because of COVID-19. A lot of businesses kind of ignored it and thought it was voodoo, thought it, you know, I've heard, I've seen business owners even call it voodoo and it's not voodoo. It's, it's a very real thing that if you don't have your strategy laid out, the chances of you, it's like, it's like throwing mud on a wall that's for no reason. I mean, monkeys do that in the zoo. You don't want to do that with your strategy. So um, I think that that's a, that's the reason why anything that says web developer, web designer, just cause it says web doesn't mean necessarily that individual can help you with your your problem, you know, you need to talk to a digital strategist or marketer first.
1: Well, we we all know we've all we're all you know readily experienced in the 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 challenge of and the SEO SEO side writing copy for a web page that is SEO friendly, but at the same time is strong in the readability side of things. It's a delicate balance, and you really need somebody. If you've never done it, trust me, it, it's a chore. But there's people that are very good at it because they know the rules, they know the trends, and they're able to find that that balance between working well from an SEO standpoint, but also maintaining that that user friendliness, that readability, you know, maintaining the tone of your brand. It, it's a delicate delicate balance, mm-hmm. and not everybody can do it.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that there's also like to your point, Mitch. I mean, there's uh, there's been instances where We've worked on copy on a web page and it starts to sound robotic and it doesn't sound like you're having or trying to have a conversation through that web page because web pages have to be geared for, in some instances, depending upon the industry, the business or B2B, B2C, there's a lot of variables. But for us, we service both. So we can't talk just to B2C or B2B people. We have to talk in a very vanilla way, but a very organic way. And in some cases, in SEO regards, it's like, no, that's wrong. It needs to do this, it needs to say that. And then you you start talking like, we're a web design company, we make good websites, we're a web design firm, <laughs> we're located here in web design and web de- and you're just like, really? Like right. you know, you're not telling people what you do or why. So and that's sort of our shtick is, you know, you need to find the passion about why you do what you do, what you get up in the morning for. And the copy will come out organically, and surprisingly, it may come out SEO well and because of that and that's the
1: balance i mean that's well, that's the yeah. trick Maintain your brand voice speaking to, you know speaking effectively to your audience but being very very search friendly
2: right well i think it's like like you all are saying it's a balance and i think some people go too far in saying you should only write for the user you should only write for the end user and make it readable and then there's other people who say no you really have to really right for the search engine if you want to rank and get people to your website. Um, but I think it, I think it trends more toward the user. I think it's like 60, 40, maybe 70, 30 toward the user. Cause you know, if you do the, the keyword research well and you, you set up your header tags and all that stuff that influences the search engines, well, you still have that factor of you need people to come to the site to, to see that your content is relevant to them they need to stay there and read it in order to signal to Google for that specific query that that page is relevant and good. Um, Otherwise that page is going to, you know, it's, it's not going to rank well or it's going to drop out of the rankings. If everybody, if everybody searches for a specific key term and they come to your, your particular page and they bounce right off, it signals to Google that that page is either irrelevant or the website's not good or, you know, any myriad of things that Google doesn't like. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's a delicate balance, but I I tend to try to write conversationally for that reason, more so than anything, because I read so many blog posts and things through Google and I get done reading it or skimming it. And I'm like, this is, this just really wasn't useful. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> um, right. It's almost, yeah, it's like the, the title tag was great in the search results and the meta description seemed like it would have my answer and then you get there and you skim it or you you read it thoroughly and you're like well that didn't really have what i needed and so that that page won't last you know it might be there temporarily um they found some way to to game the system so to speak mm-hmm. or google's just giving them a chance but it won't stay there long term if it's not hitting you know the search query the relevance yeah that's why I'm
0: revising your pages is always a good idea. That's why SEO is never a one-time thing that you set and forget and walk away. You have to monitor that to see why that page is starting to drop. I mean, we've we've done that with a couple of our pages and can we continue to. I mean, that's why we do web design and development and sprints is because we are practicing digital marketing and SEO within our web design and development practice. It's not just building a website. We are building an engine that is there for marketing to use and it requires a constant babysitting uh, in order to see if it's actually doing what it was made to do. Uh, and you can't put something up online and think, okay, well, I got a website. I paid Wix, you know, 20 bucks a month right. and I got a website. It's good. People are going to find it. It's all going to be fine. No, it's not. You know, you know about it because you know about it. You, you know, there's that narcissistic view of doing a search for yourself and going, well, I know where I'm at. I know what I sell. I know what I sound like. And Mitch, you brought up before about how that's actually holding up a mirror in front of your face and not really looking at your people at see you and how right. they perceive your brand. Advertising is a lousy
1: mirror. Uh, you, you don't, you want your advertising, you want your marketing, you want your website to reflect how your audience wants to see your brand, not how you see it. Those are two completely different visions, and I could go into a long dissertation on why that's the case, but it's going
0: <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. But, <laughs>
2: We have 15 minutes. Yeah, we got
0: 15 minutes left,
2: man. Not uh, not
1: 15 days. No, but to, to your point, to your point, you, th- this is this all speaks to why you want to talk to an expert in knows how that knows how to balance SEO, that knows how to balance readability, that knows how to see your audience and navigate communication with them in the most effective way possible. When you're inside the bubble, inside your company, when you're busy managing your day to day tasks, when you're whether you're a small business or a large business, the demands on you are completely different. And they are your end user. That's why you want to make sure you have an unbiased partner that knows how to sharpen all of that and make sure that it's accomplishing the goals that it needs to accomplish. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, well, I think for the, for the remainder of the show, we, since we got up like about 15 minutes left, we'll see how we go. Uh, we had a couple other things about what SEO does not do. Uh, I'm going to run through them really quickly. Uh, if you guys have something you want to, uh, contribute, uh, interrupt me, chime in. Um, so this is what SEO does not do. Uh, it doesn't sell. So it's not going to help you sell. Um, a lot of things people think is I'm going to optimize my site. I'm ranked. It's going to just bring in the leads. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to close a deal. No, that's, it doesn't help you uh, do that. It helps you get discovered, but you know, at the end of the day, you still got to not mess it up once it's in your lap. Uh, as Mitch is often saying, you know, once the butt's in the seat, it's up to you um, so that's kind of the that's the part that it's never gonna fix it's still gonna require something to happen after the
1: introduction well, um, discovery we um, you know you can build a site and put it out there but if it's not speaking the language if it's not the right brand tone if it's not telling your audience what they are looking to hear your website basically is doing you no good
0: yeah uh, it also doesn't uh, it prove it doesn't prove that you have a good product you know the proof that you have a good product is a uh, you know, people, reviews that they, they say, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, people that refer it, um, that, that's, that's the proof. So it doesn't, SEO doesn't really prove that you have a good product. Uh, that, that's the thing I think a lot of people may try in SEO is to try to prove I have a good product. Well, no, you, you can't trick reviews. People tried that for a while. They got busted for it because there's always the next thing that people are trying to game the system with, and reviews was one of them. That's the most organic thing to come back and people say, yeah, that's a good service. That's a good product. Uh, but it, it, SEO doesn't do that. Um, people do. Um, I don't believe that it creates a desire for your brand, product, or service either. That's actually marketing. So you know, once if you have a good product, you want people to have a desire for it. That's marketing. That's not SEO. Um, also, finally, it's not a DIY thing. Um, you know, I've been a DIYer in a business. I've I've done it all, and I have failed incredibly, and I've had successes incredibly, but. Not all at the same time in in all areas because it's not a long-ranger effort. It can't be. I think between the three of us that, you know, it's a little bit of a slower burn, but it's been a good one because I'm not writing all the copy. I'm not creating all the content. I'm not doing all the Mm -hmm. things. You guys have your specialties uh, in marketing and creative and and, and that, and that that I can focus on what I do. And so play to your strengths. And so that does mean that finding somebody to help you with it is a very – good thing for your business. It does cost because you're engaging a person to help you. But, uh, you know, it, it. I was watching a, back to one of the cooking shows. It, it wasn't, it's not really a cooking show, but it's a comic that doesn't, I can't remember his name, but he has a couple comedians on every time. And one of them was like, I kind of wish I had an assistant, which sounds very pretentious, but they, what they were saying was they don't have enough time between Managing their personal brand and everything that they're doing, uh, even with the staff that they currently have, they don't have that person that can actually tell them when to show up for an appointment, set engagements, things like that, because it doesn't allow them the free time to write new material, new jokes, you know, mm-hmm. because they're uh, focusing on that. And that's that's the problem with DIY stuff is that you do what you do best. These individuals do what they
2: do best. If you're trying to do what they do, you can't do what you do. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I think in particular with SEO, it's tempting to think that you can do it yourself. You know, people boil it down to it's all content and, <laughs> and even business owners think, well, I'm the person who knows this stuff the best and I've been doing it the longest, so I should produce the content. Um, and, you know, in theory, they should definitely be involved uh, as collaboratively, but creating content at a high volume for seo is a, I mean, it's nearly a full-time job, uh-huh. um, especially con- depending on your, you know, the competitiveness of your industry or your niche, uh, what, what key terms you're going after. You might have to produce a hell of a lot of content if you're, you know, if you're in the the niche of starting a website for recipes and cooking and things like that. I mean, there's there's an incredible amount of competition and you're going to have to do it well. You're going to have to produce a lot of content. Uh, and it really, very quickly, it is not a DIY thing. Uh, I think people they get a little ahead of themselves. They think, well, Google Analytics is free, Google Search Console is free, uh, you know, WordPress is, is quote unquote free. Um, all the, all the tools are out there, and you can pay a subscription for SEM Rush or or Moz or or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's not really the tools and the access to that that stuff that is allows you to do SEO. It's, it's right? the ability to know, right? it's the, it's, well, it's the experience, experience and the
1: ability to devote all the time necessary to just that. Because that's what you need to do. You need to have someone oh, that's right. devoted to doing nothing but that. Because you have as a business owner or yeah. a manager, you've got other things to do. Um
0: well a good example of that is like a if you have a vehicle, you can go to AutoZone. Let's say you've got a check engine soon light that comes on. You can go to AutoZone, they can hook up a diagnostic, they can tell you what the code is and then they can look up in a book or you can what that code means or you can go online and now you have all for nothing no no expense just your time that was spent to figure out this is what's broken and this is what it's telling me that is broken now the how to fix it and where to get that part where it's at in your engine and under the hood or wherever that's a whole other ball game
2: mhm And you need certain equipment for maintenance, just the same way that, you know, it doesn't make sense to spend 200 or $300 a month for a subscription to, you know, something like uh, SEM Rush or whatever, you know, if you're, if you're not going to use it for more than one project. And the
1: expertise to to, to troubleshoot and solve the problem effectively.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that. I'm kind of reminded it's something that applies to pretty much everything we do. I think pretty much any any sort of skill. Um, SEO is not cheap and people, you know, they get very scared of the price tag when you sit down with them. Um, I think it's a perspective thing mostly in that, again, it's kind of that balance of they think they can do it themselves and they're trying to decide what is what it's worth to have someone else do it because I could theoretically do this myself. Well, um, that's the return on the
0: investment too yeah there's a lot it's,
2: of it's perspective on it you're not paying just for that person's you know existing skill set you're paying for the eight to ten years that they spent experimenting with websites and working with other clients and learning and acquiring all this knowledge Um and that, that doesn't just apply to seo that applies to to everything that's why anything good costs a lot of money yeah because it took that person a lot of time and energy and and money themselves to get to the point right you. it's
1: really a question of efficiency uh and any any industry wants to make things more efficient wants things to happen quickly but also smartly um like you said some of those tools are available to the layman that they may be able to access to to, you know, optimize, fix, troll shoot some of these things. But after you've spent all that time and energy doing it yourself, how many of your other day-to-day tasks that need to be done have you let go? How many relationships with customers have you right. let kind of wither because you were too busy doing something to fix your web page or something about your social media? You know, it can touch any this can touch any piece of your marketing uh your marketing plan, or your marketing strategy. Um, it in the long run, yeah. it just you're better off if you find someone that you can trust who's good at what they do, they can fix what's broken. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, you know, a lot of business owners, I think that when they hear SEO, they think, Oh, what a waste of money. Um, because Snack oil. yeah, snake oil, they've, they've invested in it before and the return they got on it was not, you know, there's always, and, and some do this without explaining why, like Google does revise its algorithm Um, I don't think that it's an excuse to pay more money to your SEO expert just because Google updated their algorithm that should be within whatever they're already paying them for on retainer to do services. But I know that other companies are like, well, I've had a bad experience with SEO and marketing because I put all this money into it and I get out of it. Um, well, if you've done it for less than six months, then yeah, that's probably majority of what happened. I mean, it is a timing thing. I mean, this is something that You have to burn a slow burn on for six months to a year to to see the return on that investment because, you know, there are billions and billions of websites online. Yours is only one of those. So you have to be aware of that. Um, There is no preferential treatment, supposedly, to, you know, sites that Google gives. So it takes a while. If you do it right, you have a good plan. You are, it's going to cost money, but you will get that back. It will pay off in dividends later. It's just going to take longer than I think some people are patient to wait for.
1: It's just pushing buttons,
0: Um, Jason. Yeah, but they forget that some of us make those buttons so that you can push it. And that's what I do. I make that button and that's why you get to push that button. That button wasn't there before you met me.
1: This is, this is (laughs) this is why marketing, advertising is engineering. It's not about making things pretty. Pretty is pretty is great. Yeah. But smart's gonna make you money.
0: But let's move on to nerd help for a second. And kind of wrap up because we've got about five minutes left. So how not to go mad while working at home. Um Yeah, 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 we've already gone bonkers. Um
2: <laughs> I've got an eighteen month old as well. So
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, you're already done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've given up.
0: <laughs> <You've> done- <laughs>
2: you're out there's no, there no uh there's no going <laughs> not going mad around here yeah you've already gone into the backyard you're
0: chewing on grass <laughs> <All the images. laughs> one of the number one ways to not go mad while working at home for those listening we hope this helps you out it's uh just a quick top five we got here number one work out for 30 minutes Ugh, God, I don't. I hate that idea, but I need to. Uh, don't do as he. Don't do he does. Of, do as
1: he says.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I well, I need to do it. I need to start working out. I got, I got put like my, I got a finger wagged, wagged in my face from the doctor. Like, you know, your cholesterol is high. You're gonna have a heart attack. I'm like, all right. So I'm getting ready to become a vegan, and uh, you know, well, he thinks I am, but that's not gonna happen. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, anyways, number two, work in spurts. This is an old thing. Like if you're working from home, you know, and you work for like an hour, get up, walk around, take a 10 minute break in between. Your day might go longer, but who cares? You're at home. Um, but work in spurts, you know, give your eyeballs a rest, your brain a rest and kind of come back to the task. Um, or if you complete the task before you jump into the next one, give yourself a break. So working in spurts is a really good way to not go crazy while you're working at home during this time. Um, staying connected so we kind of did that this morning with everybody Um, so you know seeing faces more than audio like a lot of people are doing zoom right now and then you can just do audio and zoom but it kind of does make a bit of a difference if you can see the person so they're not just a voice Uh, so yeah try to stay connected with folks including your parents, your friends, neighbors, whatever just you know if you have to physically stay connected mind the six feet distance um dress up number 4 dress up so <laughs> and now we know that Jonathan doesn't dress do for that. work uh but it does yeah so my dress for work doesn't necessarily mean it's not necessarily suit and tie um if that's what you want to do do it if that makes you feel like you're more engaged with what you're doing to get through your day dress up put on some pants you know get out of the sweatpants put some jeans on put on a shirt that has buttons which requires effort do that to kind of, you know, it's keep like, yourself it's engaged. It's
1: like the old uh, Saturday Night and Live then, routine. It's better to look marvelous than to feel marvelous.
0: Okay. I don't watch Saturday Night Live, but I'm going to take your word for it. Um, <laughs> and thanks for the impression too, Mitch. Well done. Uh, Who was it?
1: Back in the late 80s, Billy Crystal when he was on Saturday Night Live used to do a imitation yeah. of a an old act, a Hispanic actor named Fernando Lamas, who had his own like talk show or something. It was really ridiculous, but that was always his, his catchphrase was right. it was all it's better to look marvelous than to feel marvelous. And you look marvelous.
0: <laughs> well, that kind of ties into number five. Number five is make yourself laugh, but not like the Joker laugh. Just make yourself laugh. Uh, so you know, I mean, you, there's there's obviously something to laugh at about yourself and what you're doing when you're when you're sitting there at your kitchen table like I am, you, you know, doing now. a podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, find some humor and and that'll help release endorphins and you'll feel better and it it works. So you know, um, so that's our that's our nerd help segment there. And then kind of to get to our nerd mail here, we get comments and emails from people that want to take this part of the show to answer some of those questions. That's what we want to do with this. So if you have a question or comment, or want to send an email for us to answer on the show, send it to hello at nerdbrandagency.com and add in the subject line for the podcast. Um, you can also go to facebook.com, visit us there at nerdbrandagency, and you can do hashtag podcast, and then we'll see that and then uh, try to answer your question. So uh, today we got a question. It's if It says... If you are now working from home, and were given the option in the future, would you continue to work from home after the social distancing is lifted? Yeah, I'm kind of like I've had my fill of working from home. <laughs> a, so
1: I think all those people that I advocated right now are kind of rethinking that, rethinking that a little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. I've been doing it for about two, probably going on two and a half years right now. I don't know. I'm I'm very much an introvert, as
1: but you guys you're so know. good in front of clients. That's what I don't understand. I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't either. Um, He's like me. He's like a functional introvert. That's what I was told.
2: Right. right. Well, that's, that's and, a good that's, and we're then,
1: probably right. a lot the same way that way because I, I I get very nervous talking to people. I get very uncomfortable, but I tend to compensate yeah, yeah, by here. becoming extroverted in the moment, but not not overly so. But I comp- compensate for my insecurity. Right by being overt. Does that make sense?
0: I mean, I've seen you at networking events when those used to happen. And, um, you know, uh, we've, you know, Mitch is a really good person to kind of put up in front and get the conversation started. I always struggle with starting conversations. I'm not too good at that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the person that needs an introduction and I I can deal with a small group or people or one-on-one. I'm not a crowd person by any means, but, um, I think working from home, I mean, I, I've done it off and on and I I don't know this has really kind of stretched me here you know the last 3 weeks. Uh, I like
2: the I like the freedom. You know I, I think a flex schedule if you have to be you know in an office at all I think having the I don't know I, the reason people long for remote work I think is simply for kind of the to take the shackles off like you don't feel like you have to be in a specific area in your office from 9 to 5 you know just to prove a point um, and like you said, working in spurts, you know, there, there are time periods throughout the day pretty consistently that well, if, honestly, you know, I and,
1: everything we do is, man- is, is governed by the clock or the calendar. But the right. bottom line is if you meet the deadline right. and you do great work, does it really, it doesn't really matter where you are. Um, I, I, I tell, I like a mix right. of both. I like, I like working from home somewhat, but I like being able to gather on a regular basis with my colleagues. Because I I work really well in a collaborative environment. Um, Mm -hmm. And granted, we've been able to do that with Zoom and and the other, you know, conferencing platforms. But there's nothing like pressing the flash, seeing somebody, you know, face to face and being able to. There's an energy that comes from that, that you just you really don't get it another way. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, well, uh, that's a good answer. It's a good answer, guys. Good show, guys. Good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's going to conclude this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast. I appreciate everybody that's listening, and uh, continue to like and subscribe and share. And uh, I think uh, we'll we've been coming up with these episodes on the fly, so I can't really say what the next one is going to be about. They really don't form in my mind until about Wednesday, which means that I submit the podcast to the guys on Thursday and, we're like, and yeah, whatever. on
2: Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that-
1: that's how it's much you good can we this, folks? Playing. Yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that's our strategy. Sure. I got kneeled for, like, kept saying to, to a customer one night, I say it's fine. And I really meant it. I was like, it's fine. And I meant it in a good way. And she was just like, why are you saying it that way? Like, she just was really, like, upset that I was saying
1: it. <laughs> it sounds like. like it, I meant it. it. It's fine. You know, it's a little <laughs> dog sitting in the flaming bistro. <laughs> yeah. Throat. It's fine. Well, no, it's yeah. not really fine. Tell me how you yeah. really feel. <laughs> and that is
0: how I feel. If I feel if I feel like it's crap, I'm going to tell you it's crap. Uh, you know. So I had to quit saying that. So it's like, yeah, it's fine. So I don't know. Maybe that'll be our next podcast. I
2: don't. Know, how you? Can... Everything's just fine.
0: Yeah, everything is just fine. That's our next podcast. So thanks, everybody. Tune in next time. To the same nerd channel, same nerd time. Yes, that's right. Because we did talk about Batman. I have to say something like that. Um, But uh, appreciate it. And remember, everybody.
1: Yay!